0: From the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby. Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers at Ralph Michaels.
1: It's whoa whoa woah Wednesday here in Sin City, Teddy Covers at Teddy Unisor Covers on Twitter. Joined as always by my co-host Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV. And this is Wager Talk, your sports central for betters. Welcome to those of you watching on the Sports SportsGrid TV network. Welcome to those of you watching on Zumo, channel 719. Welcome to those of you listening on the iHeartRadio network and all of our podcast outlets. Let's get right into it, Ralph. Start like we like to do every day. Bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. And the hot topics of the day. And let's start with what happened last night in MLB, and that was Tampa Bay all of a sudden making things very interesting against the Astros, back-to-back wins for the Rays at home, and all of a sudden, Houston, the juggernaut Astros, are one game away from seeing their season end. Uh, what do you think? I mean, obviously, we'll preview this game thoroughly tomorrow, but for today, that was an impressive win yesterday against Justin Verlander, and I wonder if Houston wishes they would have given Verlander a little bit more rest and have him ready for the game five at home.
2: It sounds like we talked about yesterday, Teddy. Was there, you know, was there some panic because the Yankees had swept? I don't know, pushing Verlander into a third start. We gave the numbers on postseason three-day rest, and uh, are you sorry you didn't play him on the? On the money line now instead of the yes. run line, taking your, your uh, Tampa Bay Rays plus one and a half. Still a winner nonetheless, but oh crap, I could have had.
1: Yeah. Whenever you take a team plus one and a half, and I don't do it very often, but when you take a team plus one and a half and they win straight up, you're like, ah, what am I doing? At the same time, I did get the plus price uh, with Tampa at the one and a half yesterday. So uh, it wasn't anything that I loaded up on, but uh, <laughs> after the game, as, as soon as they scored three off of Orlando early, I'm like, Oh, what was I doing? What was I doing? Once the Rays got the lead, that game was pretty much over. Tampa, in a bullpen game, shuts down that massive and dangerous Astros lineup.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, it's a game where uh Tampa Bay now I believe 17 and 2 their last 19 home games going on the roads a different story. You know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh does Mattress Mack hedge a little bit on his big series bet for Houston to win the to win the uh to win it all?
1: My hunch is that Mattress Mack would rather have the Astros lose than win. The money that he's played on Houston to win the World Series is money that he would have to give away if the Astros won the World Series because everyone gets their mattress for free. Uh, Jay Gruden got canned. That was no surprise, and that was fun. Uh, I loved John Gruden's quote. Welcome to the club, bro. Bill Bill Callahan takes over in D.C., and the Redskins did something interesting. They were talking about firing Gruden the week before, and they said, no, let's give him one more week. Not because they thought they were going to win the game, but because they wanted the interim head coach to come in in a winnable spot, they face Miami. Their road chalk at Miami. Their three and a half point road chalk at Miami this Sunday. Jay Gruden, bye bye. He'll have plenty of other opportunities.
2: Well, you know the last thirty six interim head coaches in the NFL, uh, they've gone fourteen and twenty two against the spread in their first game. So a lot of times you hear, oh, the team will rally around the interim coach. Hasn't worked out in the NFL when you've been betting them.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you think I'm laying three and a half with my the and Redskins this weekend, uh, that's not going to happen for me. Uh, so A is to Vegas. You know, yesterday, something official where uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred, was hes using as a threat? Is he using it as a rumor? Is it reality? Is this a bargaining chip to try to get the, the deal they want in Oakland? Vegas is used to being used as a bargaining chip for teams. You know, that happened for years in the NBA. And, oh, lo and behold, they're going to come to Vegas. And, oh, let's get a new arena here. And they end up here, you know, wherever else it's been. The Raiders, the first team that finally wasn't a bargaining chip. A's, they're going to stay in Oakland? They're going to come here to Sin City? We're Sin City residents. Would you be excited if Oakland came to town? Do you think the A's will move the needle in Las Vegas I don't know that base that this is going to be a baseball town the way it's a hockey and football town already.
2: Well, you know, again, the hockey situation is so unique. Number one, you get the expansion team. So for the first time, you have your own team uh, instead of getting a retread. You know, we've tried last year, both Las Vegas and Henderson, the biggest suburb here in Las Vegas, made made reached out to the Arizona Diamondbacks to perhaps get a move. Yeah again you look at the you look at the population of Las Vegas and there's no way that should be able to support a major league baseball team but we also know there's no team like Las Vegas with 50,000 plus hotel rooms where so many of their tickets would be coming from the casinos you know or the sports books buying them up would I be excited I like Major League Baseball. I'd like the opportunity to go to some games. But no, I am not going to be wow excited one bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. The AAA franchise, just fine for me when I want uh, to see uh, a Major League, or I shouldn't say a Major League, a baseball game in Las Vegas. Uh, AAA, a lot of fun and a brand new stadium there as well. 13 days to the NBA. Uh, Ralph opening day of the NBA is Tuesday, October 22nd. And this China controversy, we talked about it yesterday to close out the show. It continues to rage. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, is this going to affect anything on the court as betters? Is there anything we need to be aware of from all of this China stuff? Or is this all just noise that we should be tuning out as we prepare for the regular season?
2: Let me correct you, Teddy. I finished the show with it you decided to take an <laughs> early vacation and just sign off. So I'm going to ask you this. I read through your notes and I read through them pretty quick and I gave my take of your notes. In this last minute, perhaps I missed something. Give me your take on the China NBA situation.
1: It's a really tough question, I'll be perfectly honest. We're talking about a billion and a half dollars versus what we stand for as a country, you know? Uh and When you are an NBA owner, you care a lot about a billion and a half dollars. This isn't pennies. This isn't hundreds of thousands. This is billions, okay? And the Chinese market is huge for the NBA. And to lose that would be a significant financial hit for the billionaires that already have plenty of money. (laughs) I personally believe in the fact that we should be allowed to say what we want to say. And if China wants to criticize a GM, and say the NBA, oh, screw you guys. You better better reign in your GM. That's not the way things work in this country. And that, therefore, I think means tell China to
0: go bugger off when it comes to this situation. When we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.
4: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's leesa.com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your
5: first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...
1: It's time for Line Movers here on a Wednesday, and let's start with the NFL. We like to talk about where the money is moving early in the week, and most importantly, why the money is moving that way early in the week. We want to help people decide, do I make my bet now? Do I wait until later? Do I wait until right before kickoff? That's what Line Movers is all about. We spend so much time breaking down games and analyzing games and handicapping games This segment's not about that. This segment is about how do you get the best of the number? When do you make your wagers? Because it makes all the difference (laughs) in timing. Every week we talk about this game got decided by a half point. That game got decided by a half point. If you bet it right, you won or pushed. If you bet it wrong, you lost. Let's get into it right here because we've seen nothing but Seahawks money. Ralph, I mean, nobody seems to want the Browns this week. Seattle opened a dog now they're a favorite and the money is, continues to rise. They're minus two in a lot of spots. On the look-ahead line, Cleveland was the favorite. That Monday night football performance from the Browns has betters thinking the other way.
2: It's hard to imagine. There's a five-point line swing, but you know, Joe Public looks at the Browns and, you know, the last two things they remember, the Rams game on Sunday night. And the Monday night game against San Francisco, a lot of them didn't see the Sunday early afternoon game against Baltimore. Uh, And, you know, they also remember week number one because they got beat so bad where there were so many expectations. Uh, If you want to bet the Browns, just wait. I don't, I don't, unless this gets to three, I don't see anyone jumping in on Browns.
1: Yeah, of course, you know, Cleveland's biggest weakness so far this season has been their offensive line and the offensive line has not matched up well against any team with a decent pass rush. That's the strength of that Seahawks defense. I can understand the Seattle money. But again, if you haven't bet it yet, you've already missed the best of the number. One surefire ways to lose in the NFL is to be betting games after you're way past the best of the number. And that's the case, if you like, the Seahawks. Betters are expecting fireworks in L.A. That Rams-Niners total on the rise, despite... San Fran's dominant defensive showing this past week. Although realistically, these teams have played two wild shootouts in the last two years. Uh, you know, both games that get into the 70s and above San Fran, LA, the market's expecting fireworks.
2: I can agree. Jimmy G hasn't played the, you know, he he was out the last two times they've played him. And when you break down San Francisco's very easy schedule, Their opponents so far this year, Tampa Bay, the number 17 offense, Cincy number 26, Pittsburgh number 29, Cleveland number 23, the Rams with the number five offense. Rams will move the ball. I think San Fran can as well.
1: Yeah, I certainly wouldn't argue with anyone that has money on that over. That is all the makings of a shootout. We're seeing some Jets money trickling in, Ralph. The markets seem to think we're likely to see Sam Darnold on Sunday. His fun mono experience appears to be over, but the Jets were hopeless last week. They were hopeless the week before the buy. Is Sam Darnold the difference, or is it an offensive line that stinks and a defense that stinks, and Dallas is just going to come in and run them over? Cowboys down to seven, seven and a half at most books.
2: Again, it's what have you done for me lately? People remember the Cowboys, high-profile games against New Orleans, high-profile game uh, against Green Bay. I don't agree with the line move. You look at how bad this Jets team is. I just went back and looked. In their last three games, they've had 13, 6, and 9 first downs. That's 28 first downs in three games. People have had that in one game. Going back to 2010, there's only two other times Teams have had under 30 first downs in three games. That was the Cardinals in 2012 and the Cleveland Browns in 2014. This is a historic bad team. I don't think Darnold changes it. If you want to bet Dallas, bet him. I think we're going to get late money back in on Dallas.
1: It wouldn't shock me. Although, I mean, I can't compare Sam Darnold to Luke Falk. You know, Sam Darnold's an NFL quarterback. Luke Falk is not. And when you have an NFL team on the field without an NFL quarterback with him, that offense isn't going to work. Uh, not that the offense is great with Darnold, but I have to think they'll be better than what we've seen in the last two games against the Patriots and the Eagles. Let's look at the college ranks right now, and money is showing for Miami. The Hurricanes had a pretty bad first half last week against Virginia Tech, to put it mildly five turnovers. They were down 28 to nothing against a team that had lost 45 to three the previous week. But the markets, particularly the wise guys, they're expecting a Hurricanes bounce back. Maybe they remember how Virginia could not move the football at all last year against this Miami Hurricanes defense.
2: I I think the line was wrong to begin with. I have Virginia the game as the pick'em. Uh, if you want to bet Virginia, I would take the two and a half now, but you know, who knows where this market's going to go? This one just baffles me. So I don't know when to play it because I think the line move is wrong moving from two to two and a half.
1: Yeah. I mean, and uh, it seems to me that this is a pretty clear game where there is a sharp square divide. Uh, the wise guys definitely like Miami this week. Uh, and The public, who can win in college football. This isn't a situation where the public always gets crushed in every college football game, as we've seen with Ohio State the last couple of weeks. But the public does like Virginia this week. This is a sharp square divide game. I had to put this one in, even though it's a small Mac game, because it just stood out to me. Cato Nelson injury for Akron means that Kent State is now a two-touchdown road favorite. I went back and looked. The last 10 years, yeah, they've had two wins. By enough to cover this point spread against Division One opponents. Maybe, no, I'm sorry. That was the last five years. So, or that was five years back. So the last five years plus the first half of this year, they had two wins against D one foes by this margin. What do you think, Akron Kent State?
2: Well, again, this reminds me much like. Akron going to UMass, and Akron was a seven and a half point favorite. You're asking a not good team to lay a historic number on the road, and that's just something, you know, I'm never gonna do. Uh again, I I don't understand the line move. Yes, Akron is. The worst team, if not, you know, I, I had UMass as the worst and I had Akron as the second worst, even though I changed my power ratings. I still had Akron higher, but you could say they're the worst because UMass beat them. I can't lay that. I, I can't lay ever lay that. Doesn't mean I'm going to back Akron, but I see this line coming back down. I think some sharps are going to jump on Akron.
1: And you're an Ohio guy, Ralph. Uh, I mean, this is a situation where you know these teams. This is a real rivalry game between these two squads, no?
2: It's the wagon wheel. They're about eight miles apart. The campuses are as close as any two campuses in college football. Yes, Akron and Kent, just like the the directional Michigan teams, outside of Ohio and outside of Michigan, people don't realize how big of a rivalry Kent State-Akron is, Western and Central Michigan, Central and Eastern, you know those. And when you have a dog, you know, we remember and always talk, oh, back the dog when you have the rivalry. And we remember the Florida, Florida States and the Ohio State, Michigan's and the Auburn, Alabama's. But this rivalry as is, is as fierce locally. Again, one one hundredth of the publicity. But for these players and, and these alumni and these students, it is that important.
1: So if you like Akron, take them sooner rather than later. That line sitting right now at 14 and a half. Enough, Mac. Let's talk big games, TV games. USC is taking money. Notre Dame's down to 10.5, Ralph. The markets seem to like the Trojans this week. USC's last visit to South Bend. I remember that game. It was 49-14, to 14, the Irish, and it wasn't that close.
2: I'm split here. I really don't have an opinion on this game. My number is at 11. It was at 11. Moving at half a point doesn't change, and I'm not sure which way it's going to go. You look at USC, you look at what young quarterbacks did. Their first young quarterback went to BYU, had three picks. They lose the game. Next, the second quarterback in goes to Washington. They score 14 points, multiple interceptions. They lose the game. So you still have a very young quarterback facing a very good Notre Dame defense on the road.
1: Yeah, Slovis could be back for the Trojans this week. He was the first backup of many <laughs> who have come in uh, for USC so far this season. There's talk that he could start this game. So here's a legitimate question. When you have a team like Rutgers, all right, who already has a fired head coach, already has a quarterback, the top two quarterbacks gone, their one offensive playmaker, Blackshear, gone, blown out repeatedly. No one's betting Rutgers at any price. The line's up to plus 28 at Indiana. Real quick, what do you got, Rutgers and Indiana?
2: Usually it's a spot I look to fade them, and I would bet Indiana, but this Indiana team played Connecticut at home and only beat them 38-3. to So in that instance, I can't lay 28 with them on the road. Excuse me, I can't lay 28 with them at home against a conference opponent.
1: Big game breakdowns coming up next right here on Waitrose. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Well, why not use the most accurate projections in fantasy football? That's right. Fantasy Pros has independently rated Daily Roto the number one most accurate projection system to start the 2019 fantasy football season. Let the most accurate projections in DFS take you to the next level. Save 10% with the promo code ACTION and you can become Daily Roto's eighth daily fantasy millionaire head over to dailyroto.com slash premium to learn more that's dailyroto.com slash premium promo code action for your 10 percent discount on the most accurate dfs projection system you can get dailyroto.com where millionaires are made All right, Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports for you here on a Wednesday. We're doing it all live from Sin City. We're doing it all from a betting perspective. And let's start with some MLB wildcard action right here. The first game, the first pitch of the first game is in, what, about 90 minutes from now. So I'm sure our viewing and listening audience is interested in this one, the St. Louis Cardinals they were road chalk at Atlanta. We've seen Braves money. We've seen under money. Right now, this game's practically a pickup. em uh, You know, St. Louis minus 105, Atlanta minus 105 total has been bet down to seven and a half.
2: You want to talk about two hot pitchers. I mean, Jack Flaherty, in his last 17 starts, has allowed three runs or less in all 17 starts. And in 13 of those 17, He's allowed one run or less. Then you look at Fulton Evitts, Fulty, in his last five starts, a thirty-one-three strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, you know, a, a color me Mr. Obvious. I like the under in this game, as I like the under in the next game as well.
1: Yeah, and certainly the early money has come in pretty heavy on the under. Again, the eights at the open down to seven and a halfs now. From a side standpoint, they're calling this one a pick'em, and I mean. When you look at the series, at the history of these two franchises over the last 20 years, St. Louis has literally won all of these games, and Atlanta has literally won none of them. When it comes to elimination games, the Cardinals have been incredible, and the Braves has been awful. Does that have any impact on this game, or is it really, you know, faulty versus Flaherty, and do we worry about Flaherty's 117 pitches in uh, against Atlanta uh, just last week?
2: Well, no, he's on regular rest, so to me that doesn't matter, especially at this point. You know, I, I think the Braves should feel confident. I'm not worried about what happened in the past because it wasn't last year. It's not the same roster. This year they're 6-4 and four against St. Louis. I think they've played well. You know, they have a higher batting average. They uh, have a lower team ERA against the Cardinals in head-to-head matchups. So I think they should have a lot of confidence going in.
1: Yeah, I think the Braves are the better of those two teams at a pick them price That's the only way I would look. Dodgers are taking money, not my money. Uh, It was 160 earlier today. Now it's minus 170, total of seven against the Nationals. And you don't often see Steven Strasburg in this uh, price range where you get plus 150, plus 160, uh, backing a truly elite ace. An ace that dominated this Dodgers lineup just last week. And that's with the momentum. Dodgers with the potential closeout, LA minus 170, total of 7 tonight.
2: Well, again, you're seeing both pitchers in the same series, so who has the edge is it the Dodgers bats seeing Strasburg a second time or is it the Nationals bats seeing Bueller the second time and I think the advantage there is the Nationals. You're right, Strasburg was a, a 165 Uh, Strasburg uh, was a 145 dog, so the Dodgers were a 145, 165 favorite in his first game. And what did he do? You know, seven innings and uh, a 4-2 win. So I I like the under in this one. If I had to give an opinion on the side, uh, hey, I'm ready for some new blood. I I would back the Nationals.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was confident on L.A. coming in this series. I am not confident on L.A. tonight. I will not lay this price with the Dodgers. It's Nationals at the underdog price for me, or I'll leave the game alone. I would not be surprised to see LA go home. And frankly, I think there's, you know, there is value on the Nats side. Whether that's good enough to get the win is another question entirely. But uh, Dodgers up against it a little bit. Well, up against it a lot. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the Astros and them being up against it on tomorrow's show when we break down Tampa Bay and Houston. Let's talk National TV college football for tonight. The Sun Belt is the fun belt during weekdays uh, at this time of the year. We'll have opportunities to talk about these games throughout uh, October and November, whether it's the MAC, whether it's the Sun Belt. Some of the smaller conferences get their chance to shine on national TV, and this one should be a good one. The two best teams in the conference, Appalachian State and Louisiana Lafayette, you know, this line was pick, uh total 69 and a half, and we have seen... A fair bit of Lafayette money come over the last couple of hours. You know, Appalachian State, they're dogs now. Plus one and a half, plus two at a lot of books. We've also seen some under money as well.
2: Well, you know, I, I'm just going to take a second here and and go through handicapping. You know, at wagertalk.com, if you go to my homepage, you can download my power ratings. You could download the stat matchups that I have. And my power ratings have App State should be a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And now they're a dog, so I'm getting some value. But my stat matchup, Louisiana has played the tougher schedule. They've played the number 107 schedule. App State's played the number 143 schedule. So 13 FCS teams have played a tougher schedule than them. Louisiana's plus 194 yards per game. App State is plus plus. 9.3 9.3 yards per game. You have 189-yard-per-game diff for the home team that has had to play the more tougher schedule. That means it's a no-play for me. Power ratings say App State. Stats comparison clearly says ULL. These two teams last year, they played in the first Sun Belt championship game. That was at App State. This game has a lot of meaning. As you said, the two best teams, and I think the winner of this will have the home field edge for the Sunbelt Conference Championship. I think it's a championship fever game. I do like under the total, as I think both teams playing each other become conservative, wanting to win this game and have that win against a superior foe.
1: Yeah, they played twice last year, neither game got to 50. Um, and this total and sitting half 70 right now. I'm with you 100% when it comes to the under in this one, although... Uh, I'm not sold on App State's defense. That's my concern here for sure. Lean to the under. I have not yet put it in my pocket. Let's talk Red River rivalry. As you mentioned, not called a shootout anymore. That's not politically correct in this day and age. Oklahoma and Texas, Sooners minus 11. Total was 75. That's been getting bet up all day. Betters are expecting a shootout as The Sooners take on the Longhorns. And these two teams also met twice last year, like App State and Louisiana Lafayette. Texas got the money the first time. But when it mattered most in the Big 12 championship game was Oklahoma got the money. So we know about Tom Herman as an underdog. We know that the Sooners haven't played any good teams yet. We know Texas hung tough with LSU. Uh, What's your take? Texas-Oklahoma, I think you can already tell which way I'm looking at this one. I'll make it very clear. I don't bet against Tom Herman as a dog, and I've seen Texas trade points with LSU once already this year. Oklahoma's defense, not as good as that of the Tigers. I am I like the Longhorns. Plus, what about you?
2: We are We are five games into the season for the Oklahoma Sooners, and listen to this number, Teddy. They are averaging 9.9 yards per play on offense. Yeah, you heard me right. They're number one in college football. Every time they touch the ball, it's basically a first down. That shows how easy of a time they've had against the number 61 schedule. And that shows why they they are number two in college football, plus 297 yards per game. But stats are misleading. You've played the number 61 schedule. Texas has played the number 16 schedule. I agree with you. Tom Herman, 14-3 and ATS as an underdog. Tom Herman, a dog 17 times, 11 times he's pulled the upset. Tom Herman has a double-digit dog, 5-0. Back is going to be open. Texas with Ellinger has been there, done that. And then this rivalry again, just like we talked in college football about those smaller rivalries, Akron, Kent State, and the Michigan teams, You know, at the end of the year, we talk about taking the dog in these rivalries. Well, the dog has covered 18 of the last 27 Red River rivalries. The last five games have been decided by five points or less. And even in the championship last year, that game was tied 27-27 into the fourth quarter before Oklahoma pulled away for the cover.
1: Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, you can call them a 61-ranked schedule. I see Houston, South Dakota, UCLA, Texas Tech, and Kansas, who they've played. They haven't played any good teams yet. Texas has. Let's stay in the Big 12 and talk about Iowa State as they travel to West Virginia. This game's going to be on the four-letter network on Saturday afternoon. The Cyclones taking a little bit of early money. Now minus 10.5, total of 55. West Virginia outclassed a little bit like by Texas last week. Will they be outclassed again here by the Iowa State Cyclone?
2: Well, yeah, I don't know if they were outclassed. I had West Virginia last time. I took the loss by a half point in that game, but it was Austin Kendall just being horrible. The throws he made, he threw three interceptions that led to direct Texas touchdowns. You know, they outgained the Texas Longhorns. So from that reason, I think there's some sneaky value. Uh, but the problem is. Iowa state has a solid secondary and Texas was without three defensive starters in the back in the defensive backfield last week. And they still had all those interceptions. West Virginia proved to me they can move the ball. I know Purdy can move the ball for Iowa state. I'm looking for a higher scoring game here.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Cyclones. I'm not convinced that West Virginia is going to be able to move the, you know, again, they struggled to avoid turnovers against Texas, Iowa state, as the best defense in the conference, certainly one of the best defense in the conference, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot easier for that West Virginia offense this week. When we come back here on Wager Talk, Ralph and I shift focus. We'll talk NFL, starting with Patriots Giants coming up next when Wager Talk
0: continues. DailyRoto.com
4: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's leesa.com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring?
5: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...
1: To wait to talk a little bit of Charlie Daniels, man. I haven't heard that in a long time. That was a nice uh, little intro for us. Let's talk NFL. I know that's what our viewers want to hear. That's what our listeners want to hear. And there's no doubt there's some interesting games to talk about for this weekend. Let's start with Thursday night football. This one, not likely to be one of the more interesting games this weekend nothing but Patriots money, New England up to minus 17 and the totals down to 41 and a half against the Giants. There are so many factors pointing against the Giants here. It's not even funny. The rookie quarterback is the Belichick defense. Oh, they're on a short week. Oh, they're on the road. Oh, they're without their top running back. Oh, they're without their second string running back. Oh, they're without their tight end. Oh, they're without their best right receiver. And you can go on and on and on. The Giants going to be up against it as they travel to Foxborough on Thursday night. But the Patriots, this offense has not been clicking the last few weeks. I know they got the winning cover against the Redskins last week. Giants aren't quite as bad as Washington, are they? <laughs> What's your take? Patriots, Giants. Ralph Meyer.
2: Well, you know, to answer that question, the the Giants beat Washington 24-3, to so the answer is no. Of course, Washington was without three offensive linemen that game. Uh, you know, everything you said, Teddy, is exactly the way I handicapped the game. Uh, you know, you talked last week, you brought up Brady talking about time in between games now and how he's, you know, perhaps sitting out some practices, his body's not responding the same way. So a short week is tough, but you had an easy game against Washington last week. And uh, there is no way I'm taking a rookie quarterback without his three best skill players. Quan Barkley's out, Ingram's out, Shepard's out. And to me, it's either I'm taking new England or more likely uh the under I've been on New England under three times so far this year the Patriots defense hasn't played anyone let's not let's not pretend that this defense is an elite defense that's going to keep these sta- these records up all year but they're allowing Seven points per game. They're allowing 250 yards per game. They're allowing 13 first downs per game. Belichick's taking a lot of pride in the defense. This is the first time in over four years he's called the defense again. Remember, Patricia went to to Detroit, and then last year they named a different defensive coordinator. He took that job back. He wants to pitch shutouts. He did pitch the shutout against Miami. Miami. Washington scored that cheap touchdown early. He pitched a shutout the rest of the way. I think I'm going to bet the Giants' uh, scoring total under as a team total. I would lean New England and I would lean under for the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, when it comes to laying this price and your points too, Ralph, make perfect sense to me. Um, I'm not laying with the Patriots though. I'm not when Brady says it's taking me longer between games to be ready and. Brady on a Thursday is not where I'm laying 17, you know, not going to do it. So uh, I'm with you in terms of a, a total, the under here, the Giants team total under the Patriots team total under the game total under all make sense for this better.
2: Well, you know, we've already seen a number three quarterback for the New York Jets and Luke Falk. Now we're only six weeks into the NFL season and we have a number Another number three quarterback in Devlin Hodges, now starting for the Steelers. They're taking on the Chargers. We've talked about how the Chargers haven't looked good. Can a first-time undrafted rookie who was fighting for a job in preseason and didn't take any number one snaps perhaps pull an upset against the Chargers? Chargers, six and a half, a total of 41.
1: This is an ugly game in a lot of different ways. And of course, it's a TV game, so we'll get to uh, talk about uh, these teams in depth uh, a couple of times throughout the course of the week. It's going to be Hodges this week. Rudolph has not uh, practiced. He's still in concussion protocol. It was a pretty nasty hit, uh, and he's not likely to go uh, on Sunday. James Washington, who is a deep threat for the Steelers, he's not going to go this week. And... When you talk about Devlin Hodges, one thing to come off the bench and do a little something against and Let's not forget, Baltimore's defense is no good. That's something the markets haven't necessarily figured out yet. They're starting to. uh, But it's a difficult take for me with the Steelers, given their circumstances right now. This is a one and four football team that feels like a one, you know, coming off a crushing overtime loss in a game that they fought tooth and nail with with uh, Baltimore. I don't trust Pittsburgh's a game, but the Chargers are a mess, man. We talk every year. We oh slow starts. Oh, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. The injury report for the Chargers is as ugly as it gets, and they just lost another one. Uh, the starting center, um, uh, Pouncy, just went on IR, which means they have a new center this week. I mean, there's it is a injuries are the equalizer in the NFL. They make uh, good teams bad. And the Chargers injury report is scary right now. This isn't a good team, and I'm not going to lay a six and a half or seven uh, with a team that's not any good. Another under that might make sense, Pittsburgh's defense a whole lot better than their offense. The Chargers offense right now, missing key linemen.
2: I completely agree with the underthought. It's one of the games that I have circled moving, going into the weekend. You know, and let's switch gears now and, and look at a couple teams that also have backup quarterbacks. It clearly is a backup quarterback season in the NFL. Gardner Minshew, you know, the, the players are excited to play with Gardner Minshew on the field. Wins against Tennessee and Denver, and then they go to Carolina. It, they end up end with a 62-yard edge, but the turnover bug bites them. They were minus three turnovers in that loss. And on the flip side... Nobody has played a better three weeks of football than the New Orleans Saints. You go into Seattle, you beat them, you, you, you have a defense that shuts down Dallas, you beat Tampa Bay handily. Again, it was a seven-point final, but they controlled that game. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater earlier this week. 27-7 and seven against the spread as a starter, throw out two meaningless Game number 16s, he's 27-5 and five as a starter, but here's my question. He's now on the road at Jacksonville against a very good defense, and yes, he was on the road against Seattle, but they got out to an early lead with a punt return and then led 14-0. If he gets behind on the road at Jacksonville, are we going to see a different Teddy Bridgewater and a different New York Saints team? Jacksonville currently a one-and-a-half point favorite, a total of 44-and-a-half.
1: This is the sharp square divide game of the week, and it's really clear. The wise guys are all over Jacksonville, and the public's going to be all over New Orleans. Put your money where you want. Uh, wise guys lose some of these games, public win some of these games, but know that going in, the Jags are the clear wise guy choice. We're seeing the sharpest books with the biggest numbers on the Jaguars right now. Uh, and every better that you walk into your sports book here in Vegas, and everybody you talk to, who's your best bet this weekend? Saints. Oh, I love the Saints. How can they be dogs in the Jags? You talked about the three games New Orleans has just played, and this is the NFL. No team, you can't bring your A game every week. No team brings their A game every week. The Saints are in a tough spot. The Jags are coming off a poor performance, and Jacksonville certainly shown bounce-back abilities this year. And there's nothing that we don't like about Gardner Minshew right now, uh, who continues to make good decisions again last week. On the road, trailing one score in the fourth quarter. Minchu drives him down the field. He didn't get in the end zone this time, but they were right there. Um, And I know the Jags defense is a better game than the one we just saw. At least I think they do. It'd be Jacksonville or Pass for me.
2: Well, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota, a three-point favorite, a total of 44, one of the strongest home fields. We've talked about this numerous times, their record. And let me just throw out this record at, at you, Teddy, and ask if this type of record, I'm sure it is, going to affect the way you handicap, and might it actually keep you off a of game? The Minnesota Vikings, as a non-division home favorite, 18-2, And two against the spread. So in 22 games as a home favorite and against non-division foes, they've only failed to cover twice. Philadelphia, losses to Atlanta looks like a bad loss. A loss to Detroit looks like a bad loss. Then they go and beat Green Bay on pretty much a, a very important short week. And then had the Jets last week. Easy win. Minnesota. Coming off back-to-back road games against Chicago was a brutal battle and then a feel-good win. So both teams coming off feel-good wins against the pair of New York opponents, the Jets and the Giants. Tell us about this week and what's going to happen in Minnesota.
1: So there's only, I mean, I i don't have a lot of rules, you know, uh, when it comes to betting. You don't have the hard, no, I'll never do this or I'll never do that. Or, I got a rule with Minnesota, and that's a team I don't want to bet against at home. Um, You talked about that point spread record in the non-conference games. You can look at their conference games. You can look at however you want to look at it. Under Mike Zimmer, I have the Vikings home field as the strongest home field in the NFL. And that's why my number here is higher. I give them four points for home field, and I don't give any other team four points for home field. They've shown it. They've proven it. The results bear it out straight up and against the spread. And we look at this Eagles team. You know, among quarterbacks with enough attempts to qualify, Carson Wentz ranks number 29. I think there's 35 QBs or 36 uh, that have enough attempts to qualify. 29 in yards per pass attempt. And that includes, you remember week one, he had those two bombs to Deshaun Jackson? So it includes some of that. Since then, it's been all dink and dunk with this Philly offense. All dink and dunk. And one thing you don't want to do against Minnesota, you don't want to play dink and dunk football. You know, you got to hit some big plays. The Vikings are finding ways to hit big plays at times. um, And the Eagles banged up secondary might be another good time for Minnesota to hit a couple big plays. All of that smoke, you know, oh, the Vikings locker room shot. Oh, the quarterback and the receivers aren't getting along. All that goes away with one win. (laughs) You know, you're not hearing any of that this week. Remember, mainstream media guys, they have to have stories every day. Every single day, you got a deadline. Hey, what's your story? What, you got nothing? Give me something. All right, well, locker room turmoil. <laughs> locker room turmoil. Uh wasn't a factor wasn't a big problem for the Vikings last week, I'll put it that way. Um lean Minnesota here, but it's not a game I expect to get to the betting window despite my concerns about the Eagles. Uh, this line is pretty darn close to my line and Philly is an underdog. Uh, I'm, you know, they're they're a good team to be catching points. I'll leave it that way.
2: You know, this is another game that it's, what have you done for me lately? And we've seen this line move down to KC being a five-point favorite in a total of 55. You know, I'm going to mention one number to you, Teddy, and tell me if you think this system makes sense or it's just blarney. From week six on, when a team has their first loss, like Kansas City did, and they lost the game as a favorite. And then the next week, they're a favorite. Those teams coming off their first loss of the season as a favorite, and they're a favorite again this week, have gone 11 and 31 against the spread. That goes all the way back to 1996. That's a 26.2% play. It says to fade Kansas City that those teams don't bounce back. We know the back door is always open. Is Houston good enough on the road to open that back door?
1: Houston's good enough in any venue, (laughs) you know, as long as they can avoid a bevy of Deshaun Watson sacks. I mean, that's what kills the Texans offensively. When Watson has time to throw, like he did last week against Atlanta, we're talking about a quarterback who puts up ridiculous numbers in a receiving court that makes plays all over the field. That being said, when the Texans can't protect Watson and he's under pressure and takes sacks, that's when they score 10 points at home and lose to Carolina. So you know they are a mercurial team in that in, in in that sense, and Kansas City. Look, they cannot stop the run. Bad run. The run defense is atrocious. Against the pass, they've been a little bit better. And the one thing the Chiefs actually have is a pass rush on the defensive side of the football that could give Houston some trouble. But am I going to get to the window with KC minus five? I doubt it, especially because the markets are moving towards minus four right now. We'll be right back here on waiting
6: are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast sports will provide you with real-time content statistics and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.
4: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring?
5: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Be sure to follow me on Twitter at teddy underscore covers. Be sure to follow Ralph on Twitter. At Cal Sports LV Be sure to follow SportsGrid on Twitter at SportsGrid. And of course, download that SportsGrid app. You can get all of this quality content available for you on demand. Get the SportsGrid app today. Ralph, I had a, I had a story I was going to tell about the one time since I moved to Las Vegas that I went all in, literally on a football bet. But I gotta save that for what day where my internet's working. I'm, i uh, you can see my face when I'm talking. I'm gonna throw to you because you've got something, and this is something that's been around for a long time, and it works when it comes to NFL underdogs who can run the football.
2: Again, Teddy, you know this is betting 101. It's we're trying to make our viewers better betters help you learn how to handicap and find situations that have worked not for 1 year, not for 5 years, not for 10 years, but have been solid money makers for decades. And if you can run the ball in the NFL as an underdog, you are going to cover. It is that simple. I'm going I'm going back uh, 20 years. And NFL dogs that rush for 160 yards have gone 142 and 34 against the spread with seven pushes. That's 80.7%. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to look at a game and say the dog is going to rush for so many games. In fact, this past week, would I have said the Cards are going to beat Cincinnati and rush for 160? Probably not. Denver against the Chargers? Maybe. The Raiders against the Bears? Absolutely not. I would have never called for that. But India against Kansas City, yes. You had a good rushing team with a very good O-line playing a team that doesn't handle the rush very well, as you just mentioned. So take a look. There's none that I think fit this mold this week. But take a look at the schedule. Look at the best teams that have been rushing the last four games. Look at teams that have given up a lot of yards rushing the last four games. And take a shot with a rushing dog. Again, Over 80% against the spread if you find those spots.
1: Sure, and that's a trend that it dates back many, many years. Ralph Michaels sharing his knowledge here on Wager Talk. We'll be back again tomorrow, 23 hours from now. Don't touch that dial and stay tuned right here on the Sports Grid TV Network.